This is the 40-year-old Bond Virgins podcast. This meeting is being recorded. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Thank God. Hey, man. Hello. What's going on? It's all going on, man. <laughs> all going on. Hmm. Have yeah. you just had a storm? Uh, it was a couple of hours ago for us. Okay. It was... Yeah. Quite the doozer. Yeah, yeah. needed though. Feels oh, gotcha. a lot better now. It's only just feeling cooler now. I was mm. driving just as it was about to kick off, and the sky had gone so dark. Yeah, the trees looked like they'd been superimposed onto a flat background, like there was right. no depth at all. <laughs> We're like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. And then we stood outside. We got out the car, expecting it to feel stormy, and it just felt like it had been when. We got in the car, it was just still and hot. And then suddenly this wind whipped up and loads of hay flew into our garden. I was like, oh my God, it's like the Wizard of Oz. Like, where's this coming from? Yeah. And and then there's just a storm. Do you like storms? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love storms. I like to have the windows open when they're happening. I like to have that cold, fresh air, just like bellowing kind of thing. It's got a nice smell to it. Yeah, I don't get people that don't like them. I think it's they're crazy. Scary. They're scary. Mm. Are they? Um, yeah, you have to admit they are loud, and you know that's electric, the best bit. Electric comes out <laughs> of the sky, like electric daggers come out mm. of the sky and could potentially fry you to death. That's scary. You got to admit I'm, that. I'm not scared. Mm. Maybe you'll be the next Bond. Maybe. Um, Skyfall 2012 stats. stats. I've got them. Oh, uh, your your notes, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, just check. Otherwise, this would yeah, be yeah, really I've got short. No, I've got notes. <laughs> All right, I've got Google at four point six, Rotten Tomatoes at ninety two percent, seven point eight on IMDb. Amazon 4.7. Yes, that's what I've got. I've got one additional stat. It's the first James Bond film to make over one billion dollars. Mm. There you go. That's stats. Thanks, man. Lee, 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 Lee. How did you watch it this week? How did you watch it this week? This week. Well, I watched it last week. And then I watched it again this week. Um, and this week I watched it, um, well, it finished about eight minutes ago. I was just laying oh. on the sofa watching it. I left it really late because I was watching, um, it was in that program on uh, Netflix called Made, M-A-I-D, Made. Yes. Been trying to finish that off. Um, okay. So I've been doing that this afternoon. That's emotional. Yeah. And, uh, I've got 20 minutes of that left. I had to stop it, so I had time to watch the Bond film. I can't believe you watched it. You only need to do stats. You don't need to have watched it properly. I need to remember. I've got, like... So when I do... um, (laughs) When I have my little bits of information, I read every single one on IMDb. There's normally, like, 100 or so, isn't there? And I pick Mm -hmm. out the top top 10 out of those. Um, So I needed to remember where they are in the movie. 
That's intense. Okay, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Is it too much? Still giving it your all. <laughs> so yeah. I took a, a different approach this mm. time, and I thought I'm going to listen to the podcasts first and watch out for what they're talking about in the film. But for various reasons, I only got through the first half of two different podcasts. And I'm glad because so much of this film is about uh, the twists and turns and the shocking revelations. So I'm glad I didn't go in knowing the full story. Cool. Only known half the story. So then I actually watched the film Saturday morning, sitting on the sofa with Jolie, who had been begging to watch this one with me because she loves Adele. And said, can uh, I really like mm. be in the podcast this week? And I said, yeah. And she sat down with me and we got to the theme tune and she just left. And then I said, look, do you want to do the podcast? She said, nah. <laughs> um, and then yeah. I listened to two really good podcasts since. And learned a lot mm. from those. Um, I watched it on the TV. I had it's another one in the series that I recorded during the Christmas period of 2022. Um, so lots of adverts to fast forward through and made lots of notes on my laptop whilst watching. Okay. One more stat. It's Ooh. the 50th anniversary. This film celebrates the 50th year anniversary of making Bond films. It is. And they put in a few little, um, a few, a few little things straight. for it. Yeah. They right. Did. right. Spooky girl. Yeah. Okay, we asked Spooky Girl. Oh, now I can't find my things. Come on. Okay, Spooky Girl was asked, what are the scariest differences between the Palio di Siena and Haiti? Mm-hmm. You ready? Yep. The year is 2023. The Palio di Siena is about to begin. The streets of Siena are packed with people, all cheering for their favorite contrada. The excitement is palpable. The horses are nervous, but they are ready to race. The race begins, and the horses charge down the narrow streets of Siena. The crowd goes wild. The horses are neck and neck. And the race is too close to call. Suddenly, a horse stumbles and falls. The rider is thrown from the horse and lands hard on the ground. The crowd gasps in horror. The rider is not moving. The race is stopped, and the crowd rushes to the rider's aid. The rider is pronounced dead at the scene. The death of the rider is a tragedy. It is a reminder of the dangers of the Palio di Siena. It is also a reminder of the differences between the Palio di Siena and Haiti. <laughs> In Haiti, there is no such thing as the Palio di Siena. There are no horse races, and there is no tradition of putting one's life on the line for the sake of a community. In Haiti, people are simply trying to survive. They are trying to find food water, and shelter. They are trying to protect themselves from violence and crime. 
The death of the rider at the Paleo de Siena is a reminder of the dangers of poverty and violence. It is a reminder that there are people in the world who are living in fear and desperation. It is a reminder that there is still much work to be done to create a more just and equitable world. What the fuck? Okay. First of all, all of Mm. the the music and and Spooky Boy, did did she create those? Have you layered those? Have you done extra work? I did a bit of extra work. Okay, okay. I mean, that was spooky as fuck. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure she really made her point towards the end. No. I don't think the main difference between Haiti and Siena is that one has a horse race and the other doesn't. And no. I certainly don't think the horse race serves as a reminder. Reminder. Of no. Poverty. Sure doesn't. But good honour for trying. <laughs> <sighs> and good on you, Lee. Good on you. <laughs> Too much? That was good. I liked it. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> All right. So long, sis. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh me. Yes, you. I haven't done one. <laughs> oh Oopsie. dear. Right. So synopsis. Hmm. So we've met <laughs> Daniel Craig already. He's mm. fresh into service. He's been earning his stripes. He's a newbie. He is now 007. And we go into Skyfall and suddenly he's old, he's tired, and he uh, he is... Uh, I can't do this. Let's just do the film. I can't do synopsis. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm quick on my feet, man. Yeah. <laughs> I styled that uh, out. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. All Let's right just then. do this. Here we go. Yeah. Skyfall. Bond enters a ransacked room. A colleague is bleeding out. He's got M whispering on in his ear saying, ignore the dead guy or the nearly dead guy. Just go and track down the missing hard drive. Like They really care about this missing hard drive. So then we, we're cutting between Bond um, and this woman, Eve, who's been driving, you picks him up outside the building and they're pursuing this thief guy through a market and it's cutting back to uh, the MI6 headquarters and they're kind of like tracing them and seeing where they're going and talking in their ears. So Eve's doing some really nifty driving um, and kind of forces the thief out of his car and he oh, I've put, he's, he pops out of his car with a gun that's shaped like a cock and balls. And then mm. there's like this motorbike chasey chasey across some rooftops. They're leaping and smashing and there's people jumping out of the way. And Eve is like causing mass fatalities because she's just driving like a loon just through like hordes of people and they're not even able to get out of the way. And she's trying to cut off the thief's exit. And she's just shooting wildly all over the place. And like you don't see anyone get shot, but somebody definitely got shot. 
And then Bond and the thief jump on top of a train and there's shooty shooty, but then there's no bullets anymore. So there's no shooty anymore. And then Bond gets into a digger that's been transported and he swings the big arm thing around and Eve's still chasing in her car. And then there's more leapy leapy. And I feel, oh, there's some really shit CGI stunts. But actually I found it was all done for real. There wasn't, it wasn't CGI hmm. stunts. They were actually doing Pretty it. Good. So maybe it was just shit. Um, back on top of the CGI train not uh whiffy whiffy with a big chain thing and then there's some fisty cuffs and then eve has kind of caught up and they're about to disappear through a tunnel she's like i've got one clear shot well no i haven't i've got one shot and it's not clear at all i might take out bond and then thinks about it she's like okay just go ahead and do it and eve shoots and she takes out bond and he falls down a ravine over a waterfall and the thief escapes into a tunnel and it makes em really sad and she stares out of a rainy window yeah it's true <laughs> and we go into the credits mm. and it's Adele's Skyfall which was beautiful and perfect mm. and melodic and ballady and she was actually pregnant at the time and apparently the tone that she sang it in she's never been able to replicate because the hormones made her voice a lot lower during pregnancy and now she can't sing it that's a shame yeah um, and the visuals were crazy beautiful, like really fluid montages, got the, the Bond motif of all of the kind of like the shadows, but it's like foreshadowing a ton of things that are going to come up in the film. So there's Chinese dragons and there's knives and skulls and graves and a house, um, but the colours are amazing. And it is, it's like kind of like this proper little narrative. It almost tells a story weaving in and out of shadows. What did you think? Yeah. I like the bit when you shut the mirrors. Um, song was all right. Wasn't really my thing. Okay. <laughs> but he done a, there's a bit where he's like looking at three images of himself and he shoots all three of them and all, all the screen shares, which is quite cool. Like that. Yeah. Visuals are pretty good. Um, could... Bond being shot in the opening scene is the second time Bond's been shot in the franchise. Mm. Only the second time in all these years. First one was in Thunderball, which, you know, I, I hate. Yeah. Fuck you, Thunderball. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve that Thunderball. Mm. And then we're in rainy London, and M is typing up an obituary for Bond. I don't know that you would, like, I reckon they've got admin to do that kind of thing but she wants to do it herself and she's sad but she's stoic she was 77 when she made this film was she well, yeah. yeah is she alive she's amazing yeah okay so she and tana go off to like this fancy office well and they meet- before we oh. go on from there mm-hmm. um m writing james bond's obituary is that she, after he's presumed dead he's from the novel you only live twice mm-hmm. just so you know now I do know, but mm. I won't remember that. Sure. Um, she and Tana go off to a fancy office and they meet Voldemort. And the prime minister is conveying a telling off to, uh, to M via Voldemort because she's lost the drive with all of the secret agents' identifiable details on it. And he's basically saying, you're going to retire now. And then she pulls mm. like a completely James Bond move. And she's like, I'll leave when the job's done, right? You don't tell me when to go. I'll tell you when I'm done. And uh, and Voldemort's like, I kind of like your moxie, but he's still a bit sus. We're still thinking, oh, 
he might be he might be evil mm. um so m tanner jump in a car back to the office and q branch text them they say hey look we found out the hard drive is being decrypted and it's in the uk actually it's in london actually it's in mi6 actually it's m's computer and you know, this is the second time her <laughs> laptop has been hacked. She's ahead of change her mind. She needs to change. I reckon her fucking password is Vespa. Like, yeah, it's probably the world's shittest password. Um, so her computer is being hacked, and a screen comes up that says "Think on your sins," and they start racing towards MI6, but the traffic is blocked, and then the building just explodes, and you can see she's thinking, "Fuck." Should have um, retired. Uh, well, she said it, it was just. When you have one of those days where everything goes wrong, mm. every single little thing, we call those days in our house, oh, you're having a no sausages in the canteen day um, because mm. Stu came home from work really upset once. And he was like, oh, this happened, then that person did this, and then this went wrong, and this went wrong, and there were no sausages in the canteen. And it was <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and then there was a Christmas advert for KFC. And then it cut to, hey, up, Bond's actually alive. And he's in Boom. bed and a lady's stroking his nipple and he's drinking a beer kind of moodily. And um, and even though they're living in some kind of like handmade beach hut, he has quite a nice row of fancy cosmetics. And he downs some pills and he goes for a moody walk down the beach to a bar where... It's clear that he's a bit of a regular and he has a shot whilst there's a scorpion on his hand. So it's a bit like a tequila that was slammer, pretty cool. but with more CGI. Um, I was going to say, let's not, um, let's not do that drink. No. I mean, it wasn't a real scorpion. We could do it with a fake scorpion. Like I like that did. whole vibe. Like yeah. Slowly, slowly moving the hand thing and then catching the scorpion under the glass. It's pretty cool. And the crowd like going wild. Yeah. And then much, much, much later that evening, well, like so much into the evening that it's now the morning, he's in the bar alone. He's even more moody and he's helping himself to a drink. And there's a TV hanging on the wall behind him. And he hears the news of the MI6 terrorist attack. Yeah. Um, it's on CNN News. And he turns to watch the rest of the report with a kind of a, a glimmer in his eyes. When, so... It was showing CNN news, and I can't remember the news reporter, but he is a news reporter in America. The European release of this film was a BBC news report uh, with Hugh Edwards. So I guess we get American cut DVDs. Yeah. Yeah, mine was CNN. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Rainy London again. Hem's coming home and Bond is in her front room again. Her security Indeed. is shit. Um, <laughs> the location, either the frontage of her house or the flat itself, was actually John Barry's home. So he did he, he did all the previous scores. Oh yeah. He died, and that was in honor of him. So Bond tells M he's reporting for duty and they have a few words about the fact that M authorised the shot that killed him, air quotes, instead of just trusting him to do the job. And there's some like comedy banter about the fact that MI6 had 
sold off all his shit after he died and she kind of mocks him for having no partner um but then there's like they give each other kudos for being the kind of people that can't rest till the job is done um and she's like oh bond nobody does it better than you so then tanner and bond drive through an underground tunnel to churchill's old bunker um and tanner is telling bond about voldemort um, and that he's the chairman of the intelligence and security committee and tanner's getting him all up to date whilst bond does a load of fitness tests but he isn't so fit no more because nah, of all the whiskey and the scorpion shots he's been doing and his he, um, shot way off voldemort his name is uh, mallory in this yeah was that the name of the original m um well i have questions about the whole m thing Maybe we'll come on. Well, I don't know. Google it. Okay. So his shot's way off. He's flunking all of the tests really bad. And then he goes in and does a psych test. And he's asked to respond to the words gun, agent, woman, heart, bird, M, sunlight, moonlight, murder, country, which he does. And then he's asked to respond to Skyfall. And he kind of goes into a bit of a, a reverie and he walks out. And then he goes into the toilets and he just like cuts some shit out of his chest. And then he puts the bits of metal that he pulled out of his chest into a bag and gives it to Tanner and is like, analyze this bitch. And then he says, it's for her eyes only. Yeah, which is one of the things. One One of of those things. So I'm going to do this psych test on you. Ready? Gone. Bang. Agent. Uh, dead woman bang <laughs> heart. <laughs> what? Oh, heart heart uh, <laughs> bang bang, bang. <laughs> we'll leave it there I don't like where this is going okay uh. so Bond and so the woman that had been driving him around earlier in the car and the one that shot him um is Eve and Bond bumps into Eve and they have some bants about the shooty shooty. Um, good bants. Mm? Good bants. Yeah, really good bants. Mm. And she's like, oh God, I shot you. He's like, it's cool, you know. Like, but like, if you're going to go back out into the field, you know, let me know before you're out there because I don't want to get shot again. And he's actually really cool about it and stuff. Yeah. So he's sat in a room with M and Mallory and he's actually. And he's told he's passed his test, which is a bit weird. Um, and even Mallory's a bit confused. And he's like, why have you come back to where my six old man? And Bond kind of calls his bluff. He's like, do you want me or not? Because I don't actually give a shit. And Em's like, he's all right. Just allow it. So he's like, okay, he's going he's gonna to stay. And it turns out that the stuff in his chest is uranium shell. It's mm-hmm. only used by a few, a few hitmen. And he's shown some mug shots. And Bond recognizes the thiefy guy from earlier. So Em says, right take him out, like get the hard drive back from him. But M is acting really sus and secretive. Um, and so is Mallory. I'm going to sneeze and it's going to hurt. Hold on. Oh, no, sorry. I've broken a rib and it really hurts when I sneeze. Okay. Right. Um, so yeah, she's acting really sus. So is Mallory. And she says, go to your new quartermaster. Yeah. Um, and so Bond heads off and as he walks away, uh, M tells Tanner actually he didn't pass the tests. Mm. Tanner is shooketh. So Bond heads to the National Gallery and meets up with the new Q. 
mm-hmm. played by Ben Whishaw. Do we know him? So, Ben Whishaw played a character called Pingu in the series Nathan Barley, which was on maybe 20 years ago. And my friend Darren just had this in-joke with himself that I really loved Ben Whishaw, who played Pingu. Okay. And it, it was completely irrelevant, and it was based on nothing. But for some reason, it really wound me up. And after that, I couldn't like anything with Ben Whishaw in it because it was like I refused to like him. Um, mm. But I really like him. He's actually a really good actor. And he's the voice of Paddington Bear um, in the recent films. So every time he was saying there was like points when he was monologuing and but the, the camera's actually on the painting of the 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 Turner painting of the boat that they're both looking at. Yeah. And all I could like see in my head was pans and bears sat there next to Bond, just like <laughs> having a little chat. Be a good cue. I really love his cue. Hmm. Go on, talk to me. Yeah. We'll see. It's his first film. I didn't know. <laughs> you not rate him? Well, it wasn't very cuey. Oh, I liked his I mean he wasn't old cuey. Um he wasn't gadget QE. Hmm. Gave him a gun that would only respond to Bond, which they did that well. thirty years ago, though, didn't they? And gave him a radio tracker, which radio saved tracker. Yeah, bigger well, than the one that Connery got that went in his shoe. Yeah. <laughs> So you're right, it wasn't very gadgety, which they actually call out because Bond seems a bit un- underwhelmed and, and mm. Q's like, what did you want, an exploding pen? We don't really go in for those kind of things anymore. So it was a nice insider yeah. joke. Um, Says he can do it all for, at home in his pyjamas, right, in a laptop. Yeah, yeah. Gets hacked twice in this film. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's not, he's not, you know, <laughs> he's only human. <laughs> Just say. He's got I like his quiet nerdiness. He's a, he's a humble Q. He has to be. Why does he have to be? Well, he's not very good. <laughs> big Q. Can't big it up and mess everything up. True. Okay. Well, I would say old Q, who I, you know I adore him. Mm-hmm. Um, he made some shit gadgets. Some proper shit gadgets <laughs> that only work in very, very particular situations. And yet mm. was always telling Bond off for effectively using them. He always would get upset that things were destroyed, that everything he made destroyed itself in the process of being used. <laughs> so either he wanted Bond to have them and not use them at all. Yeah. I would say he wasn't very humble and he was just a shit in his own way, but lovable shit. So give Ben a chance. He's a good guy. Oh, yeah. I'm saying this is his first movie. And it works. He's taking it's this like new Bond three movies to get his shit together. And I respect a man who can work in his pajamas. I think there's a lot mm. going for that. So then there was an advert for the DFS sofa sale and one of those really weird, complicated perfume adverts. And then we're in Shanghai. And it was big and crazy and tall. And I'm such a sucker for lit up skylines. And now I just mm. go to Shanghai. It looked Shanghai looks well nice, yeah. Incredible. And he's having a lovely rooftop swim. And then he dresses up as a chauffeur 
um, to watch Thiefy Boy land. And then I think he must get given a case or something. And then he starts tailing him because Thiefy Boy's got in a cab and he pulls up outside a tall building with lots of lights. And he shoots the receptionist as Bond, Bond sees and shoot the receptionist. And he's like, oh, that's hmm, intriguing. So he goes in and he follows him. He sees him going up. So he goes up as well. He walks up a switched off escalator. That is some tricky shit, man. Walking up escalators or walking down escalators that aren't actually moving mm. fucks with your mind. Yeah. Plus the height of the steps is different to a standard yeah. step, isn't it? She, you can trip over a step yeah, if it's more than like three or four millimetres, I think, something like that. Different than standard. So Thiefy Boy gets in a lift and Bond, as it pulls pulls away, does a lift pull away? Well, it, yeah, okay, pulls away and Bond leaps up and hangs underneath, which is, and like for like quite a few floors, like it's a huge, tall, yeah, shanghai building. Yeah, it's a skyscraper, yeah. It's a skyscraper and, and it's impressive because five minutes earlier, he couldn't do like 10 chin-ups in a row, but he manages to do this. He does, but and he kind of nearly falls off, doesn't he? One of he his hands slips. So it's all like, oh my god, is he going to make it? And he makes it, and he follows him down and follow, goes down this corridor. And there's still lots of glass, and there's lights from outside. And it's all like Blade Runner. And Bond manages to sneak around, which is really amazing because the whole place is made of glass. Mm. And he watches. So the reason he's gone to Shanghai is because they've been given intelligence that says um, they know that this uh, the CIA are tailing this guy also because he's about to do an assassination of I think they said the president. Um, and so Bond stands in the shadows and watches him unpack all his kits, set up his gun, and then he like carves a circle of glass, really thick glass, so that he can point his gun out of it, um, and shoots the president in the back of the head. And I thought it was actually, I didn't hear this talked about in any of the other podcasts, mm. um, but it was really interesting that he stood in the shadows and watched him carry out the assassination because Bond could have stopped the assassin- assassination as well. And it was almost like he was watching the mastery of somebody else who is in a similar profession as him. Yeah, like admiring him. Yeah, he was. Mm. Um. The president, yeah. if that's who that was, yeah. was um, in a in a room buying a painting. Mm. Painting is a private private sale. Is uh, woman woman with a fan, nineteen nineteen, by Italian artist Amedo Amedio Mondigliani, I think it is. And the reason it's in this two thousand twelve film is because it was actually stolen from the Modern Art uh, Museum in Paris in twenty ten. So they were saying that that was appeared in the film, and it appears in a later film. Someone actually purchased it, so we have to look out for that. Okay, all right. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he's yeah, he's shot into the in the president, and then and the president and some people are in like this really kind of glowy gazillagy view, like that that they're in lots of yellows and golds, whereas Bond and this guy are in all these blacks and blues. And then he has the most incredible shadow fight dance sequence. Yeah, really um, good, really amazing. And in the background, there's this uh, hologram jellyfish floating around, and it successfully achieved everything that the fight in the opera was trying to do before where you've got mm. the 
the, the the extreme violence and the power of beauty in the background and overlapping. Yes, they're fighting yeah, over the working, sniper yeah. rifle, weren't they? And you just see black silhouettes on the jellyfish background, and then every now and again, a shot would be fired, and your their faces would appear for a second, and then see so just for every now and again, you get to see which silhouette is who, which I thought was pretty good. It was really amazing. Mm. Um, and it ends with Thiefy Boy hanging from, you know, being pushed out of the building and hanging there. And he still won't reveal who actually has the list of names uh, that were stolen. No. And then it, it appears to me like he just loosens himself from Bond's grip. It's, it's, I think so. He commits suicide. Mm. And it's the best fall from a building I've ever seen because normally you just like hear them whizzing through the air and splat but as he fell he like bounced against the edge of the building and kind of flew back then, further into the yeah. air he proper it was a really realistic yeah really realistic fall and you didn't hear the scream for too long either just like kind yeah. of like faded out and asking yeah um and then uh, across the Across the view, back where the president was shot, you see um, a woman kind of looking through, looking across, kind of looking over for who the assailant was. And it's like an, another just everything about this. Every shot is like a beautiful painting. And she's kind of got this like amazing silhouette and she's all framed in blackness. And then the lights move around because the lights are always flashing on and off. And, mm. and then Bond isn't there anymore. And it's because he's rifling through the briefcase that the guy has looking for another lead for who he was working for and he finds a casino chip and he's like right if I cash in the casino chip I will find out who he was working for um and then we cut back to London it's finally not raining anymore and is looking at a hacked laptop and whoever he is has released (laughs) the first five real identities of MI6 agents onto YouTube, which struck me as odd, but also, I guess you would. YouTube seems... The biggest platform, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So then we cut back to Bond having a candlelit shave, and Mm. uh, Eve turns up because she's got some info. And... uh, uh, yeah, and she's acting all saucy and she's updating him on the fact that the hacker has released the first five agents and that um, it was quicker for her to come than somebody else to come. And I just don't understand why they couldn't phone him or just email him. Yeah, why they had to send someone. I mean, there were other ways it seemed odd. Mm. And they keep they keep making references like Mallory did it earlier about, look, you're too old for this service now and... Eve is going on about it as well. Well, no, she's not going on about it, but she's like questioning why he's using like a cutthroat blade. He's like, Mm. I like the old way. It's like, no, you didn't grow up with a cutthroat razor. You would have been born like you've had disposable or electric shavers. Like this isn't something that should be hard for you to let go of. Um, Anyway, they have a sexy shave together and then they gossip about Mallory and he lets off a whole Mallory knowledge bomb to her. And then... You see him <laughs> arrive at the casino. He's wearing the most incredible tux. He looks amazing. But he travels to the casino, and presumably this is the only way to get there, stood astride like a pontoon boat through mm. a dragon's mouth. It's 
an incredibly slow method of transport seems quite laborious <laughs> and lonely, completely inefficient. So he goes in um, and Eve is there as well. And they both got um, radios in their ears. So they're pretending not to know each other. And he reminds her, he, he says, don't put your finger to your ear, which is a nice little throwback. To, little, yeah, to the Casino Royale. Royale. Yeah. Um, he goes to cash in his chip. And the woman behind the counter seems a bit like, ooh. Uh, so straight away we know it's quite a, a decent hefty chip and it causes a bit of a stir. The security, you can see that he's being watched in slow motion by quite a few goons. Um, and uh, as a, da, 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 da. yeah, so he's given a briefcase full of money and it's like 4 million euro or something, plus a handful of um chips to go and play with so he goes up and starts playing with those and the pretty woman that's hanging with the the goons um comes down and propositions him and she introduces herself says that she's yeah. been waiting to see who's going to cash in the chip and that bond is now involved in her little drama um she, did. she um she approached him at a table where they were playing. I'm not sure what the game actually was. It didn't look like roulette, but a similar thing to roulette. Uh, but one of the people playing on that table was, uh, was his name is Fakutu, Tom So, who yeah. was actually one of the players in the Casino Royale. Ah, fuck you too. So he loves... I remember him. Yeah. Okay, so, oh, I didn't spot him. He loves a bit of a gamble. Did he still have really long hair? I didn't see it. I'm just mm. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, um, so Eve gets a little bit jealous into his earpiece, kind of commenting on, oh, I see you chatting to a sexy lady. And we are to infer from the sexy shave that they probably did have sex. Um, do you think so? I do, yeah. Okay. Um, and she seems a little bit jealous. And as he walks past her, and I think it's fair enough that she was a bit jealous because they have literally just had sex before they go to the casino, as far as I'm concerned. And as he walks past her, he just drops his earpiece into her shampoo. So he like ruins her self-esteem and her drink in one mm. go. She's a real <laughs> bitch move. Yeah. And then he goes to the bar to have a drink with Severine. It looks like he's drinking a Vespa. It, it looked like a Vespa, but we don't actually hear what the drink is. Okay. And he's like, take me to your leader. And she's like, nah, nah, I've got to go. And he's like, no, no, no. And he does a bit of a Sherlock thing on her and, and like tells her her whole life story because he can like de deduct everything that she's been through and, and the fact that she was uh, part of like a, 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 a sex trafficking. I was going to call it a scheme. It's not really a scheme. It's not like it's... Some, like some kind of like youth training scheme or something. Yes, she was sex trafficked. Mm. Um, and he tells like a whole life story and exposes all her vulnerabilities and it really spooks her. And she just starts to trust Bond and thinks maybe that Bond can release her from the grip that he, whoever he is, we still don't know. And she says, look, here's my address. Come and find me later if the goons don't kill you. Bye. And she goes and Bond turns around and raises a bit of a cheers to the goons. And he starts to leave, but they block him from leaving. So they have some more fisticuffs and him and another one fall into the, the Komodo dragon pit, which is there as like a bit of a, um, just like a cool gimmicky thing. And they have some fighty fighty and slammy slammy. And then uh, 
Bond must drop his gun at some point and the goon picks up his gun to shoot him, but it won't work for him because he hasn't got the handprint. So well done, Q. Fucking great work, Q. Best Q yeah. ever. Well, the actually handprint gun came from the 1988 Bond film, didn't it? So it's the old Q, really, that came up with it. So there's some lizard bitey-bitey, <laughs> lizard comes out, drags Goon away, and then Bond uses another Komodo dragon to like bounce off and leap out of the pit. And then Eve takes out another Goon and saves the briefcase of money. And Bond's like, well, that was fun. I'm going to leave you to gamble off the winnings. Yeah. And he strikes out. And I'm kind of thinking at this point, they've created a lot of attention. She stood there. I mean, I know she's a field agent, but she's not in the kind of outfit where she can fight particularly well. It's like a long, slinky silk dress. He's mm. just like, see you, love. Go and have some fun before he gets onto, like, the slowest boat in the world to, like, travel <laughs> back out again. It, it didn't seem... It didn't seem fair on her. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. She's probably uh, got a backup. So then, ironically, there was a Christmas Paddy Power advert which had gambling awareness logos all over it, which I thought was quite funny after a hmm. you know, scene. And then we're in one of those clangy, clangy boat docks. I love the sound of boat docks. Clang, clang, <laughs> clang. And Severine is really disappointed because Bond hasn't made it before the boat has to cast off and all of her shampoo is going to waste. <laughs> so she has a shower to feel better and surprise, he was in there the whole time and he has a shower with her to feel better too. Very nice. Look it up on a boat. <laughs> oh, were they on a boat time. then? Yes. Oh, okay. First time in blooming ages. Yeah. Um, and that just like makes the whole Eve situation worse. She's like just stood there with four million quid on some casino where everyone's like pissed with her and he's off on a boat fucking Severine. I don't think um, he banged Eve. No. I don't think so. I mean, I heard an interesting theory on it, which I'll talk about later. Mm. I, I definitely took from that that they had sex. That was, I, there was no. It seems to be where it was leading, but we didn't. Yeah. Like Bond doesn't go in that direction and then just not. Mm. You know that he always does. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't. They but just he is dead inside now. Hmm? Well, yeah, completely, which is why, yeah. But that is why he would have sex with Eve and then with Severine. I suppose. On the same, you know, within like three hours of each other. Yeah, well, you know, he's an agent, field agent. He knows what she has to do. I mean, mm-hmm. Roger Moore put um, good night in a cupboard while he bangs someone else. <laughs> That's worse. (laughs) So then cuts to M and Mallory and about the fact that M's going to be stood on trial for some of the mistakes that she's been making or, or, you know, the fact that the secret agent information has leaked and and whether MI6 is even relevant anymore. And Mm. they kind of, and they deduce the fact that whoever he is, the evil guy, um, must be some kind of insider. Yeah. So in the morning, the um, so the boat has been heading off towards the evil villain's lair, which is uh, an island. And as they're heading towards it, Ben, uh, Ben, Bond sends off his distress signal. Mm. Um, 
and they reach the island and it's this abandoned island and uh, Severi must tell him that he said that there would be an, he came to the island and man, manufactured orchestrated a chemical leak so that all of the islanders ran away and abandoned the island and it's dusty as fuck and it's like abandoned shit everywhere it's just like proper kind of like bikes left in the street and dinner's half eaten they've all just run but then he hasn't mm. really done anything with it it's just horrible yeah um, you think if you had your own island you'd like make it look nice maybe i've uh... I assume his actual layer bit is um, quite sweet. nice. Yeah. Don't see much of it, though. No. So Bond is steered into a room and bound up to a chair, and the room has, like, a ton of computers all hacked up to loads of racks of wires. And then who we come to know as Silver emerges, and he tells this beautiful story, mm. like, darkly beautiful story about his grandmother and how... Um, to get rid of rats on on the islands that she grew up on, who kept eating all of the produce, all of the coconuts, she would drop coconuts into a into a barrel and let the rats follow them in, and then they would eat all the coconuts. And then when they'd finished the coconuts, they would then turn on each other until there were two had eaten all the rest. Um, and then you would release them, and they would kill off all the other rats because they have come to love eating rats that you've retrained their very nature and he explains it's an analogy for what M has done to Bond and who I now call Blonde Bardem. Um, Blonde Bardem had been M's top agent in Hong Kong in the 80s. Date check. Yeah. Um, He told that story whilst walking maybe 50 foot across Mm -hmm. that server room do you see how slow he had to walk to tell that story no i didn't <laughs> he's doing these like tiny little steps was he oh get, i'm glad i didn't see that because the because silver is the most incredible detail yeah yeah it's very good very good very good yeah but and it was just funny the way the pace he had to do had it, to, like go on tiptoes yeah <laughs> but he was yeah. like like little just little um like his cat, like the look of the character is amazing, but the storytelling mm. was fascinating. And he would, like, he was acting out the story and doing little rap movements and making yeah. little noises and stuff. And he starts stroking Bond up. And yes. uh, Bardem, and I've said, Bardem can do more acting with just a little hmm noise than other actors can do with a whole monologue. Like, there are yeah. a couple of times when he's just like, hmm, mm, like, does a couple of different mm's, and they are just so powerful. When he's um, touching Bond up, then mm. that took a lot, a lot of uh, takes because they both just kept giggling. Did they? Bond and, <laughs> Bond and Sylvia. Yeah. His fingers across yeah. his <laughs> he's pointing out. He points that because he's pointing out the um, the shrapnel, the scars from the from the bullet wound and the shrapnel. And he's mm. like, "Oh, what has Mummy done to you?" Um, <laughs> so he's really playing on. The fact that both he and Bond were orphans who were effectively raised by M yeah. to be like the the amazing, brilliant agents that they are, but then just um, you know just leading them. She she's doing it um, to send them willingly into battle, um, yeah. and he feels wronged. I mean, rightly so. 
So Blombard yeah. um, tells Bond that he doesn't like waste and he just he he eliminates anything that he no, no longer needs. And he's actually referring to Severine. And he is just the most twisted, chilling villain because uh, he's got this kind of like jaunty song playing. I don't know if jaunty is the right word, but he's just got this like this music playing in the backdrop as a backdrop to this shooting competition that he sets up with Bond, where Severine is um, tied up as the target, but has a tiny little shot glass on top of her head. Yeah. The idea is to sh- shoot that shot glass off. Which um, was taken from uh, the novel of The Man with a Golden Gun. Mm. And he's just like, he has this childish delight in everything that he does. Like he, he genuinely, um, it's, it, it's sadistic and it's torturistic, but he also just seems to really love the theatrics of a moment. And, and like, yeah. I, I think he's confused by himself. Like he genuinely loves people and hates them in the same moment in the same moment and can't like understand his own feelings because he's like he goes up to Severine and he like gets her to drink he, he tries to get her to drink some of the shot as if you know this this is for your yeah. nerves you know <laughs> yeah. like he's t- treating her really tenderly and um so Bond takes his shot and misses her and um and, and Silver just picks up his gun and shoots her right out and just without a care my turn. I win. Yeah, I win. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so Severine's dead, and a fight breaks out, and um, and there's like some really amazing moves from Bond, like taking out goons left, right, and centre. Well, and... so it brings something up for me. Mm. Like Bond was to shoot first in the contest, and he's shaking, and he misses. Silver is saying, oh, what's happened to you? Is there any of the old 007 still left in there? Then you see Bond disarm the man with a gun to the back of his head, kill him, drop, shoot two other people, using one as a bullet shield and stand up before Silver could do anything about it. So was the... That's what I just said, mega moves. Yeah, but the contest (laughs) shot, was that... Was that him deliberately missing? Yeah, because I had a similar question right at the top of the film with Eve. The fact that he wasn't dead, mm. I couldn't work out if that had been preconceived in order to give him an out and so that his identity would never be kind of questioned again. He could live a life right, free from his old um, personality persona. Um, or, yeah, I couldn't work out if she had... I mean, I can't work out why he didn't die unless she deliberately missed. Yeah. Whether it was just all, but it would seem that it was all sheer luck. What this whole film has 100% put to bed now, the whole premise of why we started doing this and whether dates were relevant and what timeline is it is and what universe is it all happening in, it just doesn't matter one shit at all. It's, we're not trying to follow it. It doesn't matter if... James Bond is a name of him in real life or his agent name or the name of any 007. It doesn't matter what era we're in, what the time is. Like, (laughs) 
and we and we don't need to worry about that it doesn't need to make sense and actually i can't find a single explanation to make it actually make sense by no. connecting any of the dots so all of that all of the kind of the fan theories like it definitely is this yeah but look this proves that he was bond here but not this character that just throw that all away it's just a giant mishmash of bondisms just retold and rehashed and and with enough of the little kind of like the knowing nods and enough of a compelling storyline to hold it together as a film and that's good enough we're not using uh bondment anymore oh sorry no <laughs> i missed that one it's in bondism bondment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no you're very right I, I, well i was watching it again just before we started this i was thinking <clears throat> With the M, uh, M in this movie, mm-hmm. and um, M's in previous movies, and that being the only link to the previous movies, but mm-hmm. not linked in a timeline reference. Yeah. That this is an alternate universe bond where that doesn't matter. And then I thought, oh, maybe all the bonds were alternate universe bonds, and they all had many, many other adventures, and they all had a Tracy, their own Tracy, and who they were. Because they're and- the cousins. A scene mm. well, oh, yeah, there comes a scene later on where there is like an actual reference to a piece of equipment from yep. an older Bond generation, yeah, yeah, where <laughs> they actually reference the fact that something could have conceivably happened in like that they know of one another, which can't mm. possibly be true within the last five or so years that the Daniel Craig films are to be set, and no. like. The first two films of, of Daniel Craig, so the Casino Royale and the Quantum of Solace, were his origin story about how he came to be a 007. Mm-hmm. And then this film is all told as if he is like at his end game, like he's seen so much shit, he's ready to escape, he's too old for this stuff anymore. There's no in between. So, you know, there could technically be an argument that the in between was all of the other films that came before. But none of those timelines still make any sense. Like it no. just, you just abandon all of that, just enjoy them for the kind of the, the story that they the collection decided of, to yeah. tell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, yeah. So, mega moves. Mega moves. And um. And just as Silver is about to like win over, MI six turn up in their chinooks, and I'm like, shouldn't have mocked Q's gadgets, bitch. <laughs> um, then I take that back in a bit. All and right. then there's an advert for Lint chocolate Santas. And then uh, Silver is in a big glass box and M and Silver are reminiscing over all of the shit times they had together when they used to betray each other a lot for shits and giggles in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And he does this another beautifully dark look about how he was driven to taking his cyanide pill after she yeah. betrayed him. But the pill didn't actually kill him and it just burns him up from the inside. Um and he calls her mother again, and he takes out this mouthpiece that had been holding plate, isn't it? One side of his face, plate, yeah. And his cheek mm. sinks in, and his eye starts to roll out. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that possibly a Jaws reference. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, that's very interesting villain. Um, 
just doesn't want world domination or anything like that. He just wants to know what his um, his mum did to him kind of thing. Yeah. He calls her mum a couple of times, doesn't he? He does. Um, Yeah, he's just looking for love. Like, he ends um, respect for him as an agent. Um, He has treated as love for all of those years and her betraying him because it is a working relationship and that is the job of an agent that at some point you may well be sacrificed for the good of the country mm-hmm. he's taken his mother's rejection yet again and so he sees bond as a brother um and that they've both been wronged by her and that together actually they can be these last two rats and take on all of the failures of the world without needing mum anymore to, to help them and, and, and build them up. But he is so broken and he's just waiting to be failed yet again. So it makes him like the childishness comes from like that inner child looking for love and attention. Yeah. Um, but he's completely nihilistic. Like he is just completely, it's not even deranged because it's not, it wasn't, there was something so pleasant about him. Like a, I'd quite like to have him at a dinner party. He was quite like, <laughs> he tells a great story. <laughs> well, he's got bad haircut. <laughs> he has, but he's so charming. Do you that's, um, part of the cyanide thing? What do you mean? What the hair? <laughs> it's got his like complexion that he should have dark hair, but it's blonde. Yeah, yeah. And he's got ginger eyebrows. Yeah. And I think they're contact lenses as well. Okay. Are they? I imagine they are. Um, I imagine, yeah. So uh... it's all it's all is it all makeup because he's like a mess underneath it all, do you reckon? I think um I reckon he just really did dye his hair because he was just trying he thinks it looks pretty and nice. <laughs> okay. And he thinks he looks nice. Fair enough. I don't um, even know who he is, to be honest. I need to look him up. So I've seen him in a few things before this. So um, oh, what was, so there was a film I watched quite a long time ago. It's like two or three people's names. It's a Spanish film. I think it's got Scarlett Johansson in it. Anyway, that was quite an old one I watched. But then Darren Aronofsky's mother with uh, Jennifer Lawrence and him. That film, man just rocked me to the core Hmm. um and it's kind of like an allegory for mother earth and he's god but they're in a relationship together and he like gives her everything but then he keeps inviting more and more in and it destroys her and then it all oh it's crazy crazy and again beautiful and then he was in no country for old men which i haven't seen yeah which is a good movie that's what i know him from only yeah. So then we have this kind of montage where Q and Bond are hacking back into um, into Silver's hacks and like trying to get into like what he's been hacking so they can get to the rest of the accounts. Whilst M is being trialed for all of her apparent misdemeanors as uh, head of MI6 and, and again questioning the whole existence of MI6 in the modern world. 
and then silver is just kind of like stretching in his cell just kind of looking kind of pleased with himself and you're kind of like okay something's gonna happen because yeah. you should just be sitting there looking really bored <laughs> and uh and then cure bond are really proud of themselves because they've managed to break into the to the code um and they found like this underground subterranean map and it but it releases all of these subterranean doors including the door to silver's cell yeah and it turns out that he has like orchestrated every single moment everything that everyone has done until now is just what he wanted them to do mm-hmm. um which is kind of crazy because this isn't just like hacker shit this is like psychoanalyzing people <laughs> and if you yeah. can psychoanalyze people to that depth you think you psychoanalyze yourself and kind of go hmm i just need some attention maybe i should learn to love myself I don't need other people's love to validate myself. You should go and get a hobby. Hmm. So then Silver gets on the tube with all the commuters. He's just like blending in and shit. And um, and he's dressed up as a policeman. And the train leaves and Q's kind of tracking everything. He's like, at the, just at the, not even the last second, a second past the last second, Q's like, get on the train. But it's already gone. So Bond hmm. kind of jumps in the back and like knocks in the window and there's a, train guard sat there reading her paper and he's like you let me in please and she does and he gets on and he kind of like wanders through and this whole bit like just really kept making me think of crocodile dundee when he's like shouting down the down the tube station to linda or whatever her name was but he um, um when he jumps on that train he has to ask like two or three times to come on and then like she's just sat there stunned and he comes in and he just says health and safety and just like <laughs> walks in like he's doing the inspection. It's <laughs> a little bond quip. So then Q works out that Silver is probably going to head to M while she's actually at her trial um, and take her down there. It's like he's Lose. losing yet. He wants her punished for, for ruining his life. Um mm-hmm that she needs to get out because something's going to go wrong and she refuses to go. So Bond's still pursuing and they do that thing where they slide down the middle of that silver thing that goes between the middle of escalators. I've seen so many YouTube videos of that and people that get it wrong get it so wrong and they get knocked Daniel in the Craig ball. Daniel Craig actually did that himself. Uh, no. Landed on his feet and all that bit. It's quite I mean, pretty good. Looks- it, was, it, it does look fun. I always do look at it. Be filthy, you can't though, now. Really. It's got the it's got the, bumps the bits in between, in between now, and yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. So then uh, Silver kind of blends in again. He goes through a secret door. Bond manages to catch up and kind of glances a shot off him. But then Silver activates a bomb that causes an entire tube train to fall through the floor. Yeah. And then he jumps into a prearranged police car. And meanwhile, M is monologuing to the to the board of the trial on the nature of MI6 and why they are still relevant. And whilst like hell is breaking out on the London street, Judy Dench is quoting poetry in a, in a courtroom. <laughs> and then she Silver also mentions is, her husband died. Yeah, yeah. And she was quoting his poetry. So the cameraman that played her husband's back in the last movie is there. She was quoting the poetry that he liked. Mm. I think it was a Tennyson poem. Okay. 
and, and I'm sure it was relevant to so much, but it, it just sounded like... It didn't look like he liked poetry. I mean, he was sleeping. Yeah. So then... Silver is marching through the courtroom and he just starts to shoot out and he has Emily's target, like he has her lined up and then Mallory just jumps in and takes the bullet for her. It's like mm. a proper hero. And, um, and then she manages to kind of pretty much outwit the rest of the shooting by hiding behind a table. And I'm just thinking he has gone to such lengths to kill her that to just stride in and shoot her seems really low rent. Yeah. Like, you built up to this and she outwits you by hiding behind a table. Yeah. Well, I think the poetry in that is that he wanted to shoot her at a table where she was saying the last line of defense is her double O agents where, and then a, a turned, well, not a turned double O agent, but an ex double O agent actually comes in to kill her with no, no one to defend yeah. her. Yes, the irony. Yeah. And for it to be that simple actually would be the nastiest twist mm. as well. You're quite right. Oh, he's a clever man. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. So they're all shooty shooting. Eve, Eve's there, and Silver, James Bond, Mallory, um, Em and Tanner are hiding. And then Bond sets off a fire extinguisher, and that seems to sort everybody out. So that was, yeah. that was pretty good. And then Em's hurried out of the building, jumps in a car. And Bond drives it away and she's kind of like, he's kind of kidnapped her. And Tanner's like, oh, where's she gone? Because he doesn't yeah. know. And Bond says to, uh, Bond says to M, right, we're just going to sort this out. Just you, me and Q off the record. And Q's really happy and he has a great big slurp of tea from a, a Scrabble mug. It was a really Scrabble mug. mug. It is a nice mug, yeah. <laughs> and um, I haven't written this down, but I think... The Q on there and Q in Scrabble is the highest scoring letter <gasps> in the game, isn't it? That's beautiful. <laughs> it's I don't know. That's yes. correct. I assume that's correct. I yeah, don't it know. must be. Yeah. Q. It's a. T- um, it is a ten. It's a ten, point. I think. Yeah. yeah. Is it the highest? Because I think J's and V's are. Oh no, maybe V's are four. Anyway, it doesn't mm. really matter. But that is still beautiful. <laughs> So they swing by a garage. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Before then, sorry, there's an advert for Home Alone, which in itself was some beautiful foreshadowing of what is about to come. <laughs> Christmas yeah. adverts didn't know this. <laughs> um, yeah. So they go back to like a garage lockup. And in that lockup, go on, this is you. This is for you. Go on. What was in there? In that lockup, there's a sixth appearance of uh, the Silver Birch Aston Martin DB5 car. Uh the night that was filmed, it went on until 4 a.m. in the morning, which was Julie Dench's 77th birthday, and they all surprised her with a birthday cake. Oh, Lee, you've outdone yourself with these facts. <laughs> I haven't read any of these things. That's amazing. <laughs> so it's exactly the same car. It's the same red play. It's yeah. the car. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, oh, it's a bit uncomfortable in here. And then he threatens to eject to seat her out. He just pops um, the gear leave a cap off then they and just put rest yeah. of his farm on the the red trigger button yeah and she says that's brilliant go on then eject me see if i can <laughs> 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 it was good now what we were saying earlier about exactly. this not being in the timeline maybe he got it upgraded 
Maybe, maybe put it into the uh, quartermasters, whoever the previous quartermaster thing was, said, sort this out. It's my personal car, but I might need it or something. Should individual agents be able to outwit MI6 as regularly as Bond does? Like he gets in a house, he hacks a laptop, he's got a car that he's had hidden away that nobody seems to know about because she's told him they sold all this shit. They hadn't sold that. I think he's more successful for doing that stuff. The rest of the agents don't. Mm-hmm. And then I like they keep fucking not fucking stuff up, but they're a lot slower about it, waiting for permissions to do stuff and things. Yeah. yeah. He just wants to get the job done. Don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to Tanner. He's just, you know, milling around after work, loosened his tie, drinking a beer. Looks like it's like, well, I'm pulling a late one. Might as well just yeah. a little beer. <laughs> Crack one open. Seems really odd. And then Mallory <laughs> turns up with an arm cast and gets in on the act and approves um, what they're doing. Like, I haven't they're, actually said what they're doing. So Q so what, is helping. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on. No, go off. You got it. Um, Q is helping to um, unofficially help bond and and um create like escape but he's doing it in a way that um silver will think he is outwitting them by following this breadcrumb trail that they're Mm. laying because it's not a direct route to where they're gonna hide out so silver is gonna think that they are genuinely trying to get away from me and i have seen through this but actually they have seen through the fact that he will see through it and have made it more complicated and mallory kind of approves it um, and they kind of say, well, won't the PM be upset about this? And he's like, yeah, then we'll all get in trouble. So he's kind of like come round to the side. And he's been yeah. a really nice red herring because for, for, at the beginning, you're kind of led to think because he's really unhelpful and he's quite authoritarian and disapproving. You're led to think that he might be the outsider that's just trying to get him out because because they're done with that as a unit. But he's come around to like the value of MI6 at last. Yeah. So they drive right up to the Scottish countryside and they chat about Bond's childhood to pass the time, and they drive to the most incredibly darkly beautiful, this whole film is darkly beautiful, manor, um, and you see that it is called Skyfall mm-hmm. as they drive in, and it's the same building that was foreshadowed in the, in the intro, and it's his childhood home, which is now an empty but imposing, beautiful ruin. Yeah. Um, and... They're kind of making their way into the house and Kincaid, the gamekeeper, surprises them. Did you see the whole thing about there were kind of like, should we get Sean Connery to do this role? I read that, yeah. They they planned for Connery and then thought it's going to be too confusing and having an ex-Bond in the movies. I didn't I didn't think it would be confusing at all. I would have loved it. I oh, think that I would, would have been it. really I nice. Would have been a great but little moment. He had retired by then and swore never to act, act again. It was like a... Didn't he storm off of a film saying he was never going to act again because of the director or something like that? And oh, then okay. didn't, just didn't do it again. Wow. Or maybe he finished it, I can't remember. But yeah, he didn't it, do it. I think he would have been, <laughs> I think it would have been such a, because what kind of starts happening in this third act of the film is like, Kincaid does become a father figure. M is mm. a mother figure. And actually to have Sean Connery as the father figure would have just been perfect and the fact that it is Scottish and what I didn't realize was that originally the books had been written with 007 as a as a British as an English agent 
but apparently Ian Fleming loved what Sean Connery did with the role so much that he worked in later that he had Scottish roots because he wanted him to be mm. Scottish. Um, yeah, that just would have been uh, would have been quite lovely. So Kincaid, um, so Bond says, look, there's some people here. They're going to come and kill us, but we're going to kill them first. And Kincaid's like, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm in. Um, and gives him some rudimentary weapons and uh, so an old hunting rifle and the dagger that we see floating about in the intro as well and then M is peering out of a dusty window looking for intruders and King Hay's like come on Emma come and see this priest hole now the whole Emma thing Mm -hmm. so I thought one I love that she's called Emma I think that is the perfect name for her but I was like, oh, okay, so M is short for Emma, because in Casino Royale, Daniel Craig's like, oh, I never knew your name was. And she's like, don't, don't you dare. And I was like, I quite like how she's made like a sweet abbreviation for her name, M, into M. Um, but then <laughs> on one of the podcasts, I'm just like, oh, I think he's misheard or he's misunderstood. He's heard her being referenced as M and he just, assumes her name is Emma (laughs) which I really love and he's so sweet and nurturing to her and you know you could only call her Emma in that situation Mm -hmm. but it does like the whole M reference then is so like is it M for mother is it M the power of authority the the, the symbol of authority is it like you can be all of those different things like people are so many different things in their lives all at once and especially different people together yeah Hmm. he's like come on emma let me let me show you my pre-stall and so they get busy making booby traps and explosives and blocking out windows and it is like home alone and apparently that's (laughs) a bit of a known thing people have referenced that before oh okay um the hunting gun Mm. that he gave him which they cut down yeah into a sort of was an elephant rifle Ah. And apparently it wouldn't have just made that hole in the door. It would have just, just taken the door out completely and oh, okay. probably pulled his arm out of his socket while he pulled the trigger. <laughs> there you right. go. Yeah. Then a load of goons turn up at Skyfall. And then what I thought was odd was they just like leave the car at the top of the drive and they sneak down the lane. But I just mm. think you were just as visible with or about the car. You'd yeah. have been better off driving up as close as you could rather than like using his cover and stuff yeah maybe it's a rental or something yeah i'm gonna get it back in one piece maybe q's Mm. led it to them (laughs) so then there's there's a ton of shooty shooty between the badass goons and the unlikely trio of bond kincaid and emma and they're shooty shooty bang bang and m hides behind a wall and everything's really dark and shadowy so it's like really shadowy shooty shooty um but silver hasn't turned up in all of this just a ton of goons mm-hmm. and then you hear the distant sound of a helicopter and a loudspeaker playing boom 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 doo, 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 doo. but not the original right um i think it was who who did that was it muddy is it muddy Waters oh or? no you're right it wasn't so it actually came up in the subtitles that it was the animals right okay yeah because the voice is a lot lighter the original would have been better i think yeah, maybe. Boom, boom, boom. Like really there was something very voice. Vietnam about it, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe that was just because of the 
helicopters and rock music and I've probably just watched Good Morning Vietnam and connected mm. the two. Um, I just heard that originally there wasn't going to be, it was all going to be kind of like on foot, but there was a particular request of Mendes that he liven up this scene and add a helicopter in, even though he didn't want to. Right. Um, but I thought it really worked. I love that, like coming yeah. in, like just playing a song into the air. <laughs> There's like a ton of noise, loads of explosion, and Bond's like, come on, oldies, crawl down that tunnel, tunnel, get to the chapel. Like Bond's like taking this for the team. And then a load more goons emerge from the helicopter and Silver's leading them. The night's getting darker and darker. And then there's a big old explosion that's lighting everything up. The house is on fire. It's all burny, burny. And Silver's like, I am killing M. Nobody else touch her. And he's like, just like chucking bombs around like they're water balloons. Mm -hmm. Like he's taking such joy in it. And... (laughs) Emma and Kincaid are limping down the tunnel and she's wincing because she's got a little cut on her hand. Boo-hoo. But I think it must have been worse than that, right? What, what, what actually was it? Because it kills it. It's, shock. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a wound through the gut kind of thing that came out of her back. Oh, was it? Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really see that. I thought she was just having a little cut on her. <laughs> and they're watching Skyfall burn from a distance. And, um, and then I was really surprised because then Silver like blows up the Aston Martin. Yeah. Um, and Bond looks really upset. Yeah, he was already wrecked. Oh, because what I hadn't said, oh, I've missed a whole thing. When the goons first start trotting down the lane and heading towards the house and like surrounded the house and about to shoot it, Bond's not in the house. He's in the Aston Martin and he's got a load of guns and he shoots them down. Like they were not prepared for the gunshot to be coming from the car. So sorry, I missed that. But anyway, the car's already wrecked because they all turn on it. But then yeah. Silver then bombs the shit out of the car and Bond's like, not the fucking car. Looks really <laughs> upset. And then like the Bond, actual Bond proper theme tune kicks in. At that yeah, moment. the original yeah. track, wasn't it? It was like the twangy... <laughs> 60s one it was great yeah and um so we find some like gas canister bombs and he lines them all up and then he crawls down the priest's hole and they're like kaboom and like this massive explosion that takes out the helicopter and a load more goons and there's a fireball right down the priest hole but um turns out silver's okay just it just knocked him over that's all well it did a bit more to to him did it (laughs) that helicopter was actually there and when it was tilted forward, right, trying to shoot Bond just as the gas explosion happens and everything, yeah. the downforce of the wind off the helicopter actually blew Javier's fake teeth out of his mouth <gasps> during filming. Hey! <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he, he picks himself up from the ground and there's still a couple of goons that are all right as well. And as he's kind of like dusting himself off and looking around, he spots torchlight in the distance and he realizes that Emma's heading to the chapel. So he says, right, goons, go and check that, that Bond is definitely dead. His body will be in the wreckage. And he heads towards the torchlight so that he can finally make his peace by killing Em. Mm. And then Kincaid and Emma are stumbling along and there's like this kind of everything is burning, but it looks like it looks really romantic because it looks like a sunset. So it's actually really quite visually amazing um and there's this kind of like shadow puppet effect of bond running over a frozen lake so you've got that fire and ice stuff going on so he's like running across a frozen lake um which is starting to crack because presumably the heat of all of the explosions and all of the burning 
And then from the side of the lake, Silver is monologuing at Bond, who's now trapped on the ice. And he's like, come on, it's time for you to chill out. And a goon approaches Bond from his blind spot. Um, and for a moment, Silver is distracted because he sees the torch at the chapel. And he, he says, mother, I'm coming. Um, and then the ice kind of collapses beneath Bond and the goon. And they, they fall and Silver's like, oh, awesome. That's sorted then. Right, I can go off and go and kill mum. And there's like this the whole one thing underwater. there. Yeah, the underwater, mm-hmm. so underwater, under ice water fight. Yeah. When your boss has already walked off. Would you carry on trying to fight Bond at that point? Or would you yeah. just go, would you try and swim up to the surface? Well, this, the goon. you'd have to kill Bond because Bond would still be trying to kill you. So regardless of, you won't, you won't be kill like, Bond for I'll try and get some you... eye contact with Bond under the wall and say, like, point upwards, let's go back up. Truce, truce, white flag. <laughs> let's get out of this frozen water. <laughs> I'll help you, I'll take him down now. Too long. <laughs> true, true. So they have like underwater fighty fighty, goon is mm. strangling Bond, Bond is strangling goon, then bubble bubble, goon's dead. But Bond's trapped under the ice, oh no! Um, <laughs> so Silver meets up, catches up with M, they're in the chapel, and uh, and then Kincaid emerges from, from the shadows and Silver just kind of points the gun at him whilst he's gently approaching M and he seems really concerned for him, he's like, Oh, what have they done to you? You're hurt. Mm. Um, and again, it's, it, I, I genuinely, I don't think he's like being sarcastic. No. I think he genuinely loves her. Like he, yeah. he didn't want her hurt. He, he thinks that killing her is like um, oh, what do they call it? Oh, I forget the name of it. But like dying together should be what they both want. Is how he genuinely feels. Yeah. Like he, he loves her. He. He loves her to death. He really does. <laughs> um, so he's like holding her and then he brings the gun up from the side to her face and he starts getting really sad and sobbing. Then he's like, I've had an idea. Um, and he's like, you, you, can, you could shoot us both. Like he's selling it like it is the best idea. Like, God, you wouldn't want this. And he's like gently holding her head to his and getting her to hold the gun so that he can take, she can take both of them out with just a single bullet he would. But do you think die in that moment and he gives them do you think that's him um seeing if she could do it because basically she's asked the double o's to do that for their country now she he's asking uh... her to do that to herself and also kill him for the country that's what i thought he was asking her to do he didn't say it but i thought that calling was calling her out on all of her look what mother's done to you now he's making him do it himself this mm. film is fucking deep. It's <laughs> <sighs> blowing my yeah. mind. Just like he wants her to blow his mind. <laughs> yes, yeah. Very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Bond, in the meantime, in the freezing waters, like the eye, he can't find the ice hole that he came in from. So he swims back down to Dead Goon, gets a flare, lights the flare, and the flare lights up the ice above, and you can see the hole that he came in. So he's got through there. And as Silver is holding M and they're preparing. Um, suddenly there's this thump noise and um, and Silver kind of staggers towards Bond and mm. he's got the dagger right in the centre of his back. It's like proper old school, stabbed in the back. Stabbed in yeah. the back. Um, and Bond's like, I'm the last rat standing. Oh, yes. And M says, what took you so long? 
And he says, <laughs> I got into some deep water. <laughs> Boom, pun. <laughs> M collapses yeah. from a hand wound. Now I know it's not a hand wound. <laughs> and Kincaid is like proper fucking traumatized. Like he's just been a gamekeeper all his life. He's not prepared for this shit. So he's just like, he's genuinely stood there. He hasn't said a word since, since Silver yeah, came into the room. Yeah. And he's just, he's just staring in horror. Like I don't reckon he probably ever speaks again in his whole life. Nah. This has fucked him up completely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Bond holds mum while she dies and chucks her in a bin because that's what she would have wanted. Yeah, no, that's I'm what joking. they do. Um, Bond holds M while she dies in the chapel, the figure mother he always wanted. He fought his brother for his mum's love and she manages mm. to fix everything just before she dies, just like she would have wanted. That's some deep shit, man. <laughs> so then Bond is back in London he's stood on a roof and he's staring out at the Union Jack and then Eve pops up tries to make some small talk with him she just she can't read the mood she's like really jolly she's like hey Bond oh I didn't know you could get up on the roof this is nice isn't it and he's like stood there like having an existential crisis Grieving. yeah yeah um she's like no I've got something for you Bond left you this in her will and uh and it's a little Union Jack bulldog ceramic um which i think is like a real thing that was made in world war ii by royal dalton and were given to particular people i can't remember who i think it what, oh, okay. like, I think winston churchill may have actually had one it looks hacky as fuck <laughs> it was horrible it was like a proper like shitty tourist house. tourist shop yeah tourist shop thing yeah and then yeah. bond says oh we i don't think we've actually i, I still actually don't know your name she's like oh i'm eve eve Moneypenny. that's why i think they didn't fuck and that's why I think they did fuck. Because he's like, Cause... we haven't even probably been introduced. Mm. Well, yeah, he but he's like... never... Well, as, I... if, as if he cares about any woman's name anyway. He's not, he's not saying that in reference <laughs> to the fact that... Uh, like, knowing somebody's name doesn't mean he's not going to fuck them. He definitely did. I quite like the angle that... So I'm going to steal somebody else's opinion entirely, but it made complete sense to me that... She, he actually has a ton of respect for her. Like, mm. she she killed him at the start yeah. of the film, you know, and she could have actually killed him, quite honestly. She was an agent that could have taken him out. He actually has a really high degree of respect for her, and they do have this one-night stand, but it's on equal terms. They both wanted it. They both did it. And everything that comes after, all of her, like, keeping an eye, all of that kind of flirting, is like a, a bit of a bromance ongoing situation like she's had him he's had her and then they're just bantering about it after that but they but it's not like a unrequited thing they're just like mm. yeah we've done it and we've both moved on they have equal respect for each other Fair enough. i think that's pretty nice and then so eve is now like she is money penny she's taken an admin job she's come out of the field and she's sat in a little office the proper office her the proper, proper office. office. Yeah. And the door opens. Oh. It's a fucking leather door. Where have you Double been? Double-sided padded fucking red leather door. The way I've it fucking should be. I, Good Lord. I got so excited when I saw that door. <laughs> I was like, it's a red leather door shoe. He's like, yeah, it's the door. I'm like, no, it's the red leather door. It's, not. <laughs> it's back, baby. We haven't and... seen that since the 80s. Oh, it's been... Oh. I don't know what I love more about this film. I don't know whether it was the door, whether it was the whole 
Oedipus style thing. It, 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 yeah. Beautiful. So Mallory is now M. Mm-hmm. Mallory M. Um, Money Penny sat at her desk, and then there's a retro gun barrel shot, the theme tune, and James Bond will return. Dun 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 dun. The end. Uh, barrel shot, first time Bond's ever worn a grey suit in a barrel shot. Huh. Didn't I don't know with that. Um, so when they were in the art gallery, Bond was looking at an old warship being dragged away. Mm. Like referencing Bond himself. But then when yep. they're in M's office at the end, there's a picture of warships coming in, uh, which I think is pretty good. Like it's very good. He's not being dragged away. Oh, well, okay. Because the other take on it that I heard today Mm. (laughs) was that, so those boats all are real boats that are named actual boats that existed that all did feel, all all did fight in the same battle. Okay. And their take on it was that the old ship was like the old MI6 regime being dragged away and the introduction of a new regime because things always do move on but then you had the twist of it moving on yet going back to how it used to be because you had like the 60s yeah. style office set up and i get um because i'm assuming they're staying in the underground um oh, yeah. churchill bunker and that's why they say uh, office why. style right yeah. i guess and they're just gonna Maybe. stick it out there and upgrade it or something but um, Maybe. yeah and so you've got so like where you had like um, Casino Royale kind of modernize Bond and and blow apart some of the old myths and kind of blow away the, the dust of it. Yeah. Actually, by this point, you've reestablished all of you've got Q back, you've got M back, you've got Money Penny, you've got all of the old things that they had. They say it twice the in the film, don't they? What do the they old say? Way, sometimes the old ways are the best. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And it kind of gives them that gateway now into retelling some of the old stories yeah. again because you've got all of the characters back. Which is, yeah. I think if awesome. you're living in a world without rules, which this has now genuinely become, there is no time, established timeline, there is no established universe, you've got no rules. It's hard to be clever when there's no rules because mm. you can just do any old shit and it's just going to play out. But actually... But actually, I feel like this was clever. It was it was thought about. It was really oh yeah, There's definitely no writer strike yeah. on this one. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> um. So a few little bits then. So it was mm-hmm. the 50th anniversary of the film franchise. Several homages to references to old movies. Yeah. Uh, you had the DB5, as we know. Um. You had the handprint recognition gun grips, which is a reference to License to Kill, 1989. Um. The scene. Well, this is. Not much of one, but the scene where he breaks into M's house, uh, but that's only from Casino Royale. The explosion on MI6, which the world's not enough. And there was another mention of Bond's parents, which was from Goldeneye. That's it. So, also, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you see his his parents' gravestones at yeah. Guyfall, their surname is genuinely Bond, which dispels the myth of 
James Bond being a name that all 007s get as a character name, but also means he's been using his real name. This whole hoo-ha about they're exposing the agent's real names. He's only <laughs> ever used his, his own name. Yeah. Um, he doesn't play by the rules, man. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just don't know. It probably the, doesn't matter because he's got nothing to lose by people knowing who he really is. He is who he is. Other agents might have like... But he must have to have a fake name. He must well, do. No. Right? He goes around telling everybody, I'm James got to be Bond. Some, and then his I know, parents yeah, but, called Bond, unless his yeah. name isn't actually James. Although I think Kincaid says, hello, James. So even yeah. as a kid, he was called James. Yeah. Maybe when he got there, they were like, hello, Mr. Person off the street. We're going to give you a code name. It's James Bond. And he's like, huh, that's quite funny, actually. I'm not going to tell them my real name's James Bond. Maybe because he was an orphan, he didn't have to change his name. Because I think you'd, if you if you got a family and stuff like that, you would exactly. need an You've identity. Got that you're he doesn't need to, one. Yeah, protect. He doesn't need to protect. He's got yeah. no one else to protect but himself, so it doesn't matter. Mm. So how many money pennies are you giving this? How oh, many? I am giving this five fucking money pennies. (laughs) Yeah. Same. You too. Indeed. It is as good as... uh, What did we have? Casino Royale, wasn't it? Did we go five? Yeah. This was a great bit of bondment. <laughs> you use bondment. Now, yeah. <laughs> so we've got we've got a few tens now. Yeah. It goes under casino, doesn't it? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it does go above her match. I'm sorry, her match. I love you. <laughs> Golden Eye got a ten. It, was Golden Eye the one with the tank in it? Yeah. Golden Eye was the tank one, I think. Yeah. Bond girl. Severine. Um, I want to know how many screen minutes. Let me just see if I can find that out. Screen minutes, Severine. Um, Skyfall. Because she wasn't in it a lot, right? She was... No, I mean, I think Money Petty was in it more than... More than her, yeah, but loads she doesn't more. really qualify, I suppose. I reckon she was in it for like less than five minutes, all told. Yeah. Boat hey. casino being shot. And I think I will never forget her. Yeah. I think she was, um, she had backstory. She, um, she had the, she had such an, understated choreographed death i will never forget that death my turn i win mm-hmm. and she's just ha- she just hangs there then she's just hanging from like what we didn't say was like she is tied to the discarded um statue of some whoever the leader of the Famous island leader, yeah. in, like but it's like this statue that is like as big as a skyscraper and she's kind of like bound to it and she's just there hanging but her legs are kind of like um, like her legs are kind of wide out. I don't know. It was just, it was just beautiful. I would put her quite high. Um, I was just looking. She's no pig face. She's no Tracy. She's no Vespa. I had just had to look at who Melina was. Oh, I love Melina. Avenging her mum and dad's death. I don't even know what this reference is. 
Q Bon, bon Boy, boy Pam, Pam Short Hair Lupe. Lupe. We Do you know, know Lupe. any of them? Uh, right. Q Bon Boy. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> you must have meant something at the time. I remember you going, yeah, 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 that sums it up. Pam, oh, Pam Short Hair. Pam Short Hair was the short hair woman that never gets loved because she's got short hair. Oh, yeah. One boy. Oh, because Q got involved in oh, that. Oh, the Bond girl. And he was like, stood looking. Yeah, so Q is a, yeah, is one of the Bond girls. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Yeah, and he's looking out over the pool when uh, when uh, Bond rejects Lupe in favour of Pam Shorthair. But we had to really work hard to come back to that. Severine's up there. Yeah, okay. Um, Skyfall. Good, strong song. Me. It's no um got a license to kill. Yeah. I would go under your choice. I didn't wasn't okay. interested in it to be honest. Fine. Okay, under license to kill. Notable baddie is Silver. Blonde yeah. Bardem. He's up there. He's up there. He's he... way up there. What I, we got here? He, he's my number one. Largo and Fatima, Scaramango, Nitnack. Yeah, stick him up there. Yeah? <gasps> I think he's wonderful. <laughs> um, there was a bike the chase. Case? There's a, yeah, there's a car chase that turns into a bike chase that turns into a train fight. Oh, it? yeah. That was in the intro. Yeah, um, okay. and that's it because he just takes a leisurely drive to um, Scotland, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Bike. Oh, there was a digger train. Digger. It was all right. You can call this one uh, above halfway. One could like about under Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, because had a flying car in it. Okay, so no belly dancing, no circuses, hooking up on a boat. So that's been the first one since Licence to Kill. Um, mm. No monorails, no model villages, but some dates. We're never we going to see a monorail again. Oh, oh don't say that. Because there isn't time, because people would now just have um, all those little scooter things, little electric scooters and stuff. Like they? Little, you don't need to like build a, a monorail way. system. Yeah. Like you don't, right? That's true. However, Bond arrived on a fucking pontoon to the casino. There may mm. be like some like scenic monorail. Maybe he goes to Chesington or something in one of the films. Yeah, okay. I can hold out for that, can't we? Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So we were talking about there being any more soups in these movies. And I said, yeah. I think I've seen a movie where they end up in a little cottage with like no power in it or something like that. And they must have had soup then, which was this film. Ah. I'd seen that last bit, but I didn't see the rest of the film. So I must have just seen okay. it on TV or something. So the last two films I definitely haven't seen. Um, I hope but there's I some soup. soup. I don't know. No time for soup. It's such a great Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So up next is Spectre. Mm. Yeah. Twenty fifteen, and then the last one we we do in person. Um, mm. 
we will sort that out. Okay, for AI, there was nothing really in the chat that came up, but <laughs> I mentioned um, my broken rib um, and I have ongoing gallstone problems. So I am, I'm in pain just an awful lot of the time. So I'm gonna say, why does Kelly keep hurting inside? I'm sure she'll give a great answer to that. <laughs> cool. How did you break your rib? Just fell over. Right. That was it. And that was it. Fair enough. The stew didn't run out of marmalade or something. <laughs> Where's my marmalade, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I fell over and I knocked a lamp over. It was bad scenes, man. Uh, nice lamp? Really nice lamp. The lamp mm. that I put on my Instagram post about my little tea station. Nearly knocked over the whole tea station. Right. I was taking a picture and I feel like I kind of tripped over my own feet. And then I just I just did that Del Boy move. Like I just mm. landed sideways. I landed on my side, winded myself, grazed my knee and broke a rib. Yeah. Oh, well. Oof, like that when I landed. Super painful. But I keep going because I'm... I, <clears throat> channeling my inner pig face i can get through this. <laughs> yeah yeah she definitely had a few broken ribs yeah she didn't give a shit okay well that was nice that work. two more to go two more mm. actually feel sad <laughs> <laughs> well then we'll have to work out what we're doing but we can sort that yeah. out let's take some off take though. take a few yeah take a few off yeah cool all right it's been fun, right. man. Yeah. All right, you're um, doing notes for Spectre. Yeah. And then okay. joint notes for no time to no time to soup. All right. All right, be nice chatting. Indeed. Catch you Bye later. Bella. Bye. Bye.